Sai Ram. Pranam Sakti Lotus Feet of our beloved Bhagavan, respected elders, brothers, sisters, and my dear students. I am grateful to Swami and organizers for giving me this opportunity to address all of you at Brindavan. I will recapitulate what has happened in the last uh, 25 years, but main incidents only. In, uh, as he has said, I came to know about Swami from my colleague in the company in 1974. In 75, we started having some of the Vibhuti uh, coming on the Swami's photograph in, the, in our house and also divine fragrance coming for almost one month. Anybody used to come to our house used to ask her, which is this Agarbati and all that? How can we explain? They used to search everywhere and then go. And in 76, for the first time I came to Prasantinalayam and I was fascinated by the ideology and the way the whole institution works and serves the society. So my dream was to come and serve this company, uh, this particular place, uh, Swami. And so I gave a letter in 1976 to Swami, which he graciously took. But as it happens to most of the devotees, etc., he takes the letter, but you don't know what has happened to it. There was no other development after that. So I went back after waiting for a few days, back to Pune and got immersed in the work. Exactly after 10 years, in 1986, I got a letter from university to come and join. And that was bought from the blue. 10 years, a long period. And that's how Swami operates. And then I decided that my dream was to work here. So forget about corporate senior management job and all the perks which come with it and go to Pati and get him one step. And I should also thank my wife because she was also willing. Actually, she is the real momentum for my decision also. Because invariably, ladies have more devotion than gents. And she was all for it. And we had to adjust our style of living, everything to match with the Prasantanayam in a small room secretary. And we were wondering whether we can adjust or not. But it was the best decision I ever made in my life in 1987 or so. And once I have joined, many a time by mistake we think that we have great qualifications and all that and that we are doing a sacrifice and all that. It's far from it. If Swami calls you or Swami keeps you, you with Him, actually it is a blessing. It is not at all a sacrifice. Actually speaking, whenever Swami sees anyone, He knows that person's past, present, future. And in my case, I was supposed to die in another two, three years or so. And out of sheer compassion, let Him live as per His desire, last two years of His life in his presence, etc. That was his wish. 
He doesn't care for your qualifications and all that. What he cares for is your heart and your devotion and your past commands. So I was very anyway lucky and we joined and we are blissfully unaware that we are destined to die in another two years or something like that. In 88, he was trying to give some inkling about it. And I remember I was sitting in the veranda and Swami came there and suddenly asked me a question, are you ready? And then I was perplexed, what is this question? So I said, anyway, Swami is asking, so let me say yes. So I told yes. Then he was laughing loudly and said, for what? So I said, I don't know. You have asked me, so I said yes. So then Swami said, yes, you should always be ready for everything in life. So I didn't understand what it meant. Actually, what he was hinting at is, death is approaching you. Are you ready for it? But then he won't tell everything, as usual. Subsequently, he told our Vice-Chancellor, Professor Saraf, at that time, that Rao won't be there from March onwards. You look out for somebody else. So our Vice-Chancellor, in his wisdom, he thought that I am dissatisfied with the job and I am looking for another job. And he used to come and catch me and pester me with all types of questions. Are you happy with the job? What is missing? What you want? Why are you not happy? All sorts of things. I used to get very irritated by this type of question. I have come to Swami, I have come to stay, and why is he asking these questions? And everything has been actually started by Swami by telling that I won't be there for months. And in September 1988, that's about 26 years back or so, when Swami was here in Brindavan, we came on a Sunday from Parthi in the van in the morning and then came to Swami. In the evening, RS, he has called us for interview and he announced that my Parthi staff has come and I will have to talk to them. So he called us inside Kraibindavan and we were very happy because interviews are quite rare and this is another chance, golden chance. And in that interview he talked about the saving Draupadi in Kaurava court and Gajendra Moksham stories. And essentially what he was telling was Till you depend on yourself, even though God is ready to save you, He cannot come and help you. Total surrender is required. And when Draupadi was in distress and there was a total surrender, she prayed only, you can help nobody else, then He came and helped her. Even in the case of Gajendra Moksham, same thing happened. What He was trying to hint at is, yes, you have a destiny of death. But if you don't call on me and depend on me and totally surrender to me, I cannot save you. Essentially that was the message which he was trying to give. The other thing which he mentioned in that particular interview was, even in the case of Draupadi, before coming, he thought, Krishna thought, what did she do for me? 
Once when he cut his finger, when all others were searching for bandages and all, Draupadi tore from her sari one piece of cloth and tied around finger of Krishna and so that the bandage has been put. And just for that small act, he was giving endless saris to protect her honor, etc. in Gaurava court. Even if you do little, it gives an excuse for God to do hundredfold, thousandfold of whatever you do. For example, all of us, if we serve Swami, either through Sevadal or whatever it is, and you please Him, He will do a hundredfold or thousandfold for us when we need it most. And this also He was trying to convey. Continuously serve God, are thinking about God, serve all those who are deserving, etc. And then that reaches God. And He was also talking about bank account. He says, you have to build balance in your God's bank account. And as you go on doing good, your, dip, your deposit goes up. And then out of that, He will give grace. Then He can give you overdraft also, He told. So if you don't build, then you won't have that much of bank balance with God for Him to respond. All this He was telling, but then we didn't understand. We were very happy to hear how his interview discourse and all that. And then at the end of it, he suddenly said, all of you must go off very quickly and uh, you must uh, reach before it is dark back to Parthi and all that. Then we were hesitating. Then he was saying that, why? I said, my wife is in the bhajan hall. She is, unless Aarti is over, she won't come out. So we can't go out. Then he immediately walked out and went to bhajan hall and took Aarti. And then she also could join us and we had to quickly pack and go back in the van to Parthi. He goes to any extent for that matter. And then he was a... Another thing which has happened is in this 1988 itself, he appeared in my a dream of uh, my wife. And in the dream, Swami was showing two patches on his head. And uh, he was telling, see, what do I do about it? My wife told you have got plenty of hair, no problem at all, you can cover it up. And he was laughing and then he covered it up. And subsequently, after the accident took place, my wife even now has the exactly same two patches on the head because of surgery which they had to do on the head. So you will find that it was an indication that he is taking it on himself, whatever injuries which would have been there for my wife. And he was just indicating that he will take it, etc. So when all this was going on, we were blissfully unaware. We never knew that death is approaching and all that. And we were quite happy. And in the month of February, I think he has decided that he will save us. I don't know how we deserved it or whether we deserved it or not, we don't know. On February 8th, 1989, he gave a yellow sari, silk sari for my wife 
and asked her to wear it and come on 9th February 1989 because that was our 20th marriage anniversary and then we happily went for the interview and then he blessed us with long life that means at that time he has made a decision that he will intervene and save us and on March 26th or so we had to at that time I was the dean of the management department a number of approvals and decisions had to be taken and I had to come to Swami for getting his approvals and then go back and implement them so on 26 March we started early in the morning at 4 o'clock 4 4 30 or so in the van matador van in those days and we used to reach by about 7 7 30 here so that we are in time for version and that previous night one of my colleagues mr hj bhagya is he has was he does meditation and in the meditation he got a message that he'll be seeing us for the last time he gave a letter to us to hand it over to swami and then he didn't want to tell us that what dream he has, or what uh, message he got in meditation etc there was another professor of ours dr kupu swami who used to teach philosophy at that time and he was to join us in the same van and that night he had very bad dreams as if he is picking up injured bodies blood everywhere and uh, he was uh, ev everything was like an accident and all that so when he told that when he got the dream repeatedly he told his wife and his wife said if something like that is going to happen I will also come with you and she also started next day at 4 o'clock but because two of them were there they didn't have a place in our van so they went in the next van and at 4 o'clock the van started and it was early morning so naturally they go with high speed and at Bagepalli whenever the driver is driving his vehicle he thinks that the road is meant only for him so he goes at high speed and then he doesn't bother whether what is the opposite vehicle coming one lorry was coming on the other side and he also feel it is his right so nobody gives way and at the last minute our van swerved but lorry hit us at the back of the van that is second half of the van it was hit and then it lost balance vehicle lost balance driver opened the I mean he jumped out of the his seat and then he escaped the van went on the catapulted and then went with wheels up on the side of the road and then that accident was, has happened just before the accident my wife was just closed her eyes and then she could see the face of Swami and then again next time also she got three times she, she got she could view I mean have a vision of Swami and after three times she wanted to share it and then this accident happened in the accident I had a head injury on the eye also jaw and ribs also had broken and uh, my wife also 
and he came to see both of us and every time he comes he used to bring a big bag of things that is fruits and electrol and all sorts of things he used to bring and then he used to give a lot of instructions about what to take when to take how much to take all that he used to tell and he used to sit for half an hour or so and then he used to talk to both of us and that was great bliss because you never get the opportunity to talk to Swami and that too only with you and nobody else. It's just an impossibility. And we were lucky, we were having all that. And not only that, we had just come for a day and we didn't bring our clothes. So everything is spoiled in the accident and all that. So he brought a tailor, stitched the shirts and everything and then by afternoon, three sets, three pairs of clothes was brought for us. And he used to come every day and inquire. And another day he used to bring uh, <coughs> even toothpaste, brush, everything he used to bring. So everything he used to bring. This is to the level he goes to. That means the minutest requirements of yours is taken care of. At the same time, my children who were there, one was in primary school and another was in Anantapur College. Both of them were hearing only rumors about our accident, they don't know what's happened. So Swami personally talked to both the principals, asked them, called them and personally tell them that they are okay, they are under my care and I will take care of them and they don't have to worry and they should study seriously for the exams and do well in the exams. And when the principals called them and told them, and when they knew that we were under the custody of Swami, then they had no worries at all. And so they were very happy, and then they wrote the exams well. As soon as the last exam was written, Swami arranged for them to be brought in a car to Vrindavan. He put them up in Vrindavan, and he brought both of both my children to hospital to show and then also to show us to the children and then he kept them in custody of some of the devotees in Brindavan till their grandparents had come until that time he took care of them so this is the level to which he goes in the sense if he wants to do something he will go out of the way minutest things also he will plan and execute personally he doesn't delegate or anything like that. So you'll find that is the level of concern, or the level of perfection to which he goes. Actually, we were so happy every day, Swami coming and giving all these things and then spending time with us. We, was, we never informed even our parents, brothers, sisters, none of them knew about the accident. They came to know about the accident after 10, 15 days or so. So till that time, we were with Swami only. And my wife tells that those days were great days, blissful. And she said that if I am to receive so much of love and care from Swami, I don't mind going through many more accidents. And so it's an accident it may be. For the whole world it may look like a lot of pain. But for us it was blissful. And I fully agree that whatever she said, Yes, even I am also ready. If we are able to get that much of care and personal attention from Swami, yes, it is worth every bit of it. And you can go through several accidents.
He has also told one more thing that karmic, yes, whatever we have destiny because of what we have done in the past, we have to go through it. There is no escape from it. And you can't blame God for it because whatever happens is because of your destiny. And that destiny is nothing but the result of your own karmic actions. If you have done good, good will happen. If you have done bad, bad will happen. And God also doesn't intervene. He will allow the karmic law to go through. When you have to go through that karmic law, and when you can't bear it, then you have to pray to God. In a sincere prayer, reaches Him. As I have said, I express my desire to come and work for Him in 76. So, but it was satisfied in 1986, 10 years. But you can't understand God. But you have a sincere desire, you pray to Him. He will, he will if it is a sincere desire, and if it is from the heart, and if it is a good one, He will satisfy. But timing, you have to leave it to God. <clears throat> so you can always pray to Swami, and then He will take care of it. For example, even whatever karmic suffering which you have to do, <clears throat> sometimes Swami takes it on Himself. I have seen it happening also. Many of our MBA students, for example, one of the MBA students, he used to have severe asthma attacks. And uh, <clears throat> he used to, sometimes, he was given an interview, etc. At that time, he was telling, please, I can't bear it anymore. Please solve this problem, etc. And Swami assured him, yes, I'll cure it. Next minute, Swami was suffering. He, so he was panting. Swami has taken his asthma to him. Yes, karmic suffering which you have to go through, out of his compassion, sometimes he takes it on himself. And <clears throat> But actually speaking, when you know that he is doing that, many a time we will feel that better we suffer. Why should we make God suffer? <clears throat> Rather, he should be request only strength to be given for us to suffer and go through it. Other thing which he can do is, he you go through the same karmic effect like what we have been through, but you don't feel the pain, you don't feel the suffering. And that is something great, that God can do it. And he has given this as explanation. He expired medicine, if you take, because it has expired, it doesn't have an effect. Same way karma also. If it, if it, he can make it expire, so that you will go through it on a physical level, but mentally, or suffering, etc., you won't have. So that's what God can do. And <clears throat> if we have to go through because of our past karmas, then jolly well we have to go through. We can pray to God to make it bearable. And that is something a lesson which uh, we have learned and we should not blame XYZ for it. We should definitely not blame God. God doesn't give us the karmic effect etc. It is entirely creation of our own. And if we do good, we will get back good. That's why he keeps on telling us, please go on doing good and add your bank balance with God. And then it will come to your use when you need it most. And really speaking, nobody can touch us, however much others may try. But 
if it is karmically destined, it will happen to you. So we should not blame XYZ for it and definitely not God. We have to blame ourselves for whatever we are going through and as a recourse of, to bear it, only we have to turn to God and pray to Him and then He can give us the strength and the capacity to bear it and go through it. Sairam, if you have any questions, you can ask and uh, any other matter which you would like to be covered. Do we, does anybody ask questions? Okay. <clears throat> this is just uh, one incident or one experience which I narrated. I was fortunate, we are all fortunate that we are born in the, when Swami was there, we came to know that he is God and we also could spend time with him. <clears throat> I remember we used to find a number of devotees who used to come to Parthi and when we need them in the organization and then we asked them, why don't you come and join here? They used to tell, we will come after retirement. But they have missed the golden years. The golden years when you could be with Swami. And now what is the use of coming? For example, now infinite God is available everywhere. But the question is those days, he was a great inspiration. Every day you look forward to Every thought of yours, every activity of yours is centered around God. That way Parthi is great. From morning to night, whatever anybody speaks is about God. Whatever you do, whatever you think is about God. It is like continuous Namaskara. <clears throat> whether you wish it or not, it happens. And that's something great. Essentially, God wants us for spiritual evolution. His final aim is that everybody should evolve spiritually. And He works on us patiently, like a sculptor chipping us. And yes, Chipping is there. There's a lot of testing. And whatever our weaknesses, he identifies. And then, <clears throat> repeatedly, for example, if you have low temper, you have to not have patience. You get angry fast. You'll find that a large number of people will be specifically ordained to create irritations for you. As you lose your temper, everybody will start telling you, you have come to Swami's place, this is not the way you should behave. So you will get corrected also by that. If you don't learn lesson, he will continue this treatment. So I have seen number of individual faults for each person will differ. But Prasantilanyam is a great place. It's a sadhana camp. Each of them serve to refine the other guy. And you will find that uh, this happens all through. For example, in the lines also, the Sevadal will be telling you, Jargu, Jargu. So he will be pushing. Then you will say, Sevadal should be now pious and all that, very considerate and all that. Why are they doing all this? Essentially, it is for our sadhana. Our sadhana is, why don't you develop patience? So you will find that over the years, Swami identifies each and every defect of ours 
provides an opportunity for us to re get rectified. And the moment you look at it from that view, everything falls in place. It's a great place. The refinement which can take place outside in life also, same thing. That is also created by God. That also is meant for refinement. But if it takes 10 years there, in Parthi it will finish in one year. So essentially, <coughs> whoever comes into Swami's fold, he takes extra care, extra interest, because they are willing to refine them and spiritually evolve them. And they will, he will set the direction that God becomes more important, not the world. And all the time what he tells is, if you give all importance to God and less importance to world by seeding on desires and so many other things, he wants it to gradually happen, not overnight. But he wants that direction to be there. Every test of Swami is only this question. Do you prefer that or God? If it is wealth, do you care for wealth more or God? Do you care for your relationships or God? So everything, if your num number one priority is always God and not anything else, then you are passing. And every time he checks this one. And he feels very happy when you pass the exam. He will go on putting those tests. I still remember uh, my sister's uh, daughter's marriage was scheduled at Hyderabad <coughs> and uh, we had to go there for the marriage. And in Parthi, you never go out of Parthi without asking Swami and getting his express permission. So I was holding this letter for 10 days. He will go everywhere except me, all around. He will take letters all around but never mind. And this was going on. That was the last day. If I don't go, then I am not going. So what did I do? I asked my wife, you go as a representative or whatever it is. I will sit in the veranda and try till bhajan is over. If even in bhajan he takes, then I will come and join you in the bus. So I was desperately trying. Bhajan was over and he went off. So it's your decision. Now you want to listen to God or you want to go for that. So I decided once we have come to Parthi, it is only God, nothing else. Let the whole world turn against us. So I didn't go. Next morning he comes and asks, why did you not go? <laughs> he has been observing this for 10 days. He knows what is written in the letter. Everything he knows. And then he asks, why did you not go? I said, you have not taken the letter, so I thought I should not go, so I have not gone. Then he was very happy that I made this choice instead of the other choice. But I was yet to receive the music. My sister phoned up and said, for the first marriage in the family, you have not turned up. So how could you do this? So they said that, how do you expect us to come for your marriages in your house? So more or less for one year, they never talked to me, they never came to our house. This is the extent to which he will test. So you will find that, but if you look at from God's angle, it is something great. Because what is he trying to do? If you have to evolve spiritually, 
You should know your purpose for which you are born here. Purpose for which you have come. If God is number one priority, then how can other things hold you up? If you are not decided and you are attached to the world, then you will have many more lives. So if you have to make the choice very clear. And he has all the patience. He can wait for 100 lives also. Okay, next life you will come back. No problem for him. But if we are in a hurry, and which he would also like, he would like us to pass. He told also, many of them say, for example, he says, test is my taste. Many of you cry whenever there is a test. And you pray to me, don't give me test. Supposing you join a school, and then you don't want a test, you will be in first standard forever. You can't go to second standard. You will have a test, you have to pass it, then you will go to second standard. So really speaking, most of us are in first standard only. We don't want to climb. And we are quite happy to be in first standard. And we will finish the whole life also in first standard itself. And next life, probably we will try for second standard. So you'll find he wants us to pass from first standard to second standard and third standard, etc. for spiritual evolution. Are we really ready for it? See, God continuously puts, he doesn't do it for his sake, etc. He has nothing to ask for. He is doing it for ourselves. And if we want to evolve spiritually, then naturally he will expect us to want test, go through the test and pass the test. If you are not succeeding in the test, for example, he has all the patience. You can repeat first standard and he will again pull the test. And he will do it hundred times also. And if you pass it, then you go to second standard. So essentially what I have understood over the long years is, his whole aim is to spiritually evolve each individual. Nothing more than that. If you do bhajan, it is meant for that. If you do seva, it is also meant for that. So that you develop empathy to others and serve others and build your bank balance with God. And whatever he has prescribed is entirely for spiritual evolution. And that is his whole purpose. He is not interested in any other thing. He is not enamored by our degrees and qualifications and our skills, nothing. So he doesn't need any of them. And <clears> the <throat> only thing is we feel, for example, in the very beginning of my life, for example, after passing out from MTech from IIT Bombay, my whole aim was to reach the top. And I changed four jobs in six years and made my salary four times, five times. And I was extremely successful. Whatever you touch becomes gold like that. And I was very happy. But is it real happiness? What gives you ultimately a lasting happiness? Okay, you grow, go on becoming, and you become a CEO also. What if you become CEO? What is so great about it? After that, what? You again retire. And then, if you have enjoyed the power, if you have enjoyed the status, if you have enjoyed the wealth, etc., then how does it give you happiness? We are essentially looking for happiness. And that happiness doesn't come from this worldly pursuit. You presume that it will give it. And you are in mad rush for it. And you go on spending whole life in such a way. And you don't get it. Here God shows you the way to get happiness. And happiness will come out of contentment. Nothing more than that. 
and if you have desire only God and nothing else, nothing else will affect you. You, are, you can continuously be in the bliss. So really speaking, that is the path he is trying to take us to. I am also a passenger. I am also in the path. I don't know when I will reach the goal. But at least I am happy and he has given the direction and some progress. <coughs> we have been able to make along with millions of others. And I am happy. Otherwise, I would have been in corporate life, still searching for things. And maybe I would have been dead 25 years back or so. 89 it happened, so if I am alive and talking to you, it is because of him. Without that, I would not have been talking. <laughs> so sorry, I have, if I have taken you tangentially to various aspects, which... Uh, just, uh, which I just wanted to share. If you have any specific questions, I can try to answer. <laughs> yeah, that is, we all believe that it is his presence at least. And uh, this happens even in our college prayer hall because out of so many hundreds of students, some will be extremely sincere. It will fall. And <laughs> but I personally feel that this is a golden chance for all of us. And we have to cash it. And we have to fully utilize and spiritually evolve. And uh, though he is physically not there, yes, you can feel his presence when you go to Trahi and all that. The serenity, the silence and all that. It's just great. I felt as if he was there. And uh, so he is among us, around us, everywhere. You must feel your his presence. And... Uh, when you feel his presence, it helps you a lot because when you do something, you know he's watching. Does it make him happy? Your whole purpose should be, how can you please God? Will he be happy if I do this? If it's going to make him unhappy, don't do it. So he makes your conscience very strong and every time benchmark is, will Swami be happy or nothing else is required. You don't have to use great logic, etc. for that. You just have to think of, remember Swami and what He wants you to do, what He doesn't want you to do, that takes care of it. And that itself becomes a benchmark for you. And if you feel His presence all around, He is with you all the time. Your thought process also is watched by Him. Everything is watched by Him. So, and, but at the same time He is very compassionate, patient, etc. He is looking for progress. He is not looking to your present state and all that. What is over is over. You think of the future only. So, thank you very much, Sairam. Thanks for patient listening. Etc.